Welcome to Running Off the Rails. My name is Ariel Rasco. And I'm Raymond O'Connor. Ray and I have both been in confrontations dealing with character behavior at the table. Sometimes these conflicts arise as a result of a concept called presentism. Presentism is when you bring your modern-day moral sensibilities into your game of Dungeons & Dragons without realizing that that's what you're doing. We think that by bringing greater awareness to this idea, we can help shift these conversations to be creative discussions that help the campaign, rather than arguments that kill the campaign. This discussion is a spiritual sequel to the episode about escapism that we released four weeks ago. We wanted to release these conversations back to back, uh, but I came down with COVID. And this conversation about presentism is one that required a lot of thought, a lot of disagreement between Ariel and myself, and just a lot of energy that I super did not have last week. <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you. Thank you. I do appreciate it. But this is a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a really long time, because it's one of those things that I just don't know if a lot of people are aware of. The definition of presentism is uncritical adherence to present-day attitudes, especially the tendency to interpret past events in terms of modern values and concepts. Our modern ethical sensibilities often don't get in the way of D&D at all. If you're playing in a game where there's a monarchy, your characters that are showing up to the table probably don't have the primary motivation of killing the king and ending the monarchy and instituting some form of representational democracy. So it's easy to see how we can suspend our ethical sensibilities from a modern age and just get into character and play D&D. In other cases, we use our modern day sensibilities and ethics to just make Dungeons and Dragons more fun and more focused on the players enjoying themselves than focused on realism or a gritty medieval setting. Slavery is an obvious example where you could imagine a setting that is somewhat related to medieval fantasy involving slaves, but instead we use our modern sensibilities and I think we often completely remove it from our games as something that detracts from our experience of Dungeons and Dragons. I think we see this a lot of the times in modern fantasy. When we look at book series like the Stormlight Archives, a lot of the times authors are making deliberate decisions about which modern day sensibilities they want to make the norm in their worlds. In these stories, when characters like Kaladin Stormblast believe that it's wrong to oppress the Dark Eyes and all Dark Eyes should be free from Light Eyes oppression, we as readers empathize with Kaladin. This is one of the strengths of those stories. Brandon Sanderson, in this case, is taking advantage of our modern day sensibilities to make us resonate with his main character more, and in my opinion, make the story more compelling. There are also definitely things in Dungeons and Dragons where it's a little bit more difficult to use our modern day sensibilities. I'm thinking of things like stealing, of mind control effects, or very brutal interrogations. We talked a lot about this stuff in the escapism episode, that if on your character sheet there are charm person effects, things that deal a ton of damage, it is nice and it is fun to be able to use those abilities freely without being interrogated about your ethics. So if you're a player coming to the table and saying that these things are wrong and shouldn't be used, that can create a lot of confrontation, and you can get into arguments that can quickly end a campaign. And I think that that's something that Ray and I really want to dig into. What are these conversations about? 
We want to bring awareness to this idea of presentism so that instead of it being a trap that you walk into or a pitfall that smacks you in the side of the face when you weren't ready for it and kills your campaign, we can turn this awareness into a tool that you have in your tool belt that you can use deliberately to help make the conversations or the conflicts that you're experiencing at the table more productive, to create a more creative story with your friends. I think this is really important, the idea of expectations and what you're ready for as a player at the table. Dungeons and Dragons has features that are very powerful and you're doing a lot of damage, you're definitely hurting people. And you also have skills like intimidation. When you look at these abilities altogether, I think it's pretty common that you'll enter a scenario where you capture a villain and use some sort of brutal interrogation techniques, breaking someone's fingers, for instance. I think this is something that if you don't want in your game, it's really important to know that this is a possibility. This is sort of part of the meta culture of D&D, and it's a good thing to talk about it beforehand and to communicate. And if somebody does break someone's fingers during an interrogation and you have a real problem with it, it helps to think of presentism to frame the conversation. Exactly. All of a sudden, a conversation that was going to be very unproductive, wow, I can't believe you're doing these things that are wrong. You're supposed to be a hero. You're doing things that are evil. Your character is wrong. I can't, I can't believe I'm playing this game with someone who would have their character do these things. Right. These ethical conversations are really heated sometimes and, and really emotional. Yes, absolutely. All of a sudden, that conversation... That conflict, if you're aware that the reason why you're uncomfortable with what's happening at the table is because of this idea of presentism, you are uncritically adhering to present day attitudes in this game of Dungeons and Dragons that you're playing, all of a sudden, that conversation that you do need to have with that person becomes way more productive. You say, hey, I understand that our characters are not us, that this world that we're playing in is not the real world, and that we're going to do things in this world like kill our enemies that we wouldn't do in the real world. But what we're doing right now is really making me feel uncomfortable. It is taking me out of what is supposed to be a fun game, and it's making me feel things as a person that I, I just don't want to feel. All of a sudden, this conversation changes from you coming at someone about something that they're doing that's wrong to asking a person if they can show you some humanity to, to help you. You're asking for help. Hey, can you help me not feel uncomfortable? And can we uh, resolve this conflict uh, in a different way, or maybe we can move this interrogation off screen and we can say that it, it happened, but we don't need to role play every finger snap. All of a sudden, that's going to be a way more productive conversation. It's not going to be nearly as heated. I really liked that word that you used, Ariel. And you're probably going to get somewhere that's more productive for the group and probably even more creative for the story. In this case of the more brutal interrogation, I think, Ray, you're describing that there is a little bit of an onus on the person who's uncomfortable with it to come to the conversation with respect and bring this up to the other players at the party. 
I understand that this is often a part of Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm uncomfortable with it. Can we move past it? I think the onus can also be on the person who is breaking the precedence to talk to the other players at the table and make sure that this was okay with them. And, and you had a, a specific example of your player being a little bit of a jerk is a great place where the onus, I think, was on you to ask permission, basically, to, to play this dynamic. Right. I think that any time that we are anticipating that there could be a problem, it is helpful to prep people. And you don't need to pause what's happening at the Dungeons & Dragons table to do that. You could send a DM, or you could ask for a break to go get water or something, and then use that time to talk to the dungeon master and kind of just feel out, hey, like maybe it's just me, but this feels a little bit weird to me. And getting kind of other people's take about what's going on can be really helpful. In the example that you were talking about, Ariel, I, I do think that what my character was doing, uh, and I'll talk about that specifically, they were adhering to things that are kind of in the default Dungeons & Dragons setting, but I knew that it could be problematic. So my new character that I'm playing, Wolfgang, is a paladin. I knew that this character was going to be brash and uh, not shy away from inter-party conflict. So before I even brought this character to the table, I warned everybody in the group, hey everyone, this new character that I'm bringing, he might even be considered an evil character depending on the perspectives of your own characters. If at any point the way that I'm role-playing this character makes you feel uncomfortable or you figure out or decide that you're uncomfortable with this character, I'm totally okay with retiring this character. I'm trying something new because I've never done this as a player before and I want to experiment with it. So coming from that starting point, <laughs> when an unexpected conflict did arise at the table, we were all really well positioned to deal with it in stride as opposed to it kind of torpedoing our campaign, which I have had situations like this do in the past. So my character is a paladin. On their character sheet, they have a feature called Divine Sense, which allows them to sense fey fiends, celestials, and undead uh, because those extra planar entities are threats to our plane of existence. There are two tieflings in the party, and my character, being a little bit of an unknowing jerk, was trying to make small talk with one of the tieflings and ask them how they got cursed or how their family got cursed. And this actually kind of set off the players at the table. So I think this is a really good example of the ethics of the system that we're playing in. Ray's talking about divine sense, it specifically targets fiends. And in the text of the setting, this is part of an infernal bloodline. And so I think you can see here how one character might be untrusting of another based on the ethical setting that they're in. So I think this all makes sense within the setting. But I think Ray had maybe the correct instinct that even though his ethical sensibility in the setting was one way, our ethical sensibilities, our presentism was going to cause a possible confrontation here. It could be unfun to play as a tiefling when you have a character that has an innate problem with tieflings. I think in some ways this is related to something I'm seeing in the culture of D&D, where people are really moving to make the default D&D be a setting where there aren't conflicts between races. 
You don't have a scenario like Gimli and Legolas in Lord of the Rings where they hate each other because they're from a different race. And this makes a lot of sense to me. I think moving the default culture of Dungeons & Dragons away from races hating each other makes the game a lot more fun for a lot of people. I don't think it's a particularly fun experience, especially for a lot of people, to play in a game where another character might stereotype them. So I can definitely see why, Ray, you you should be careful with this, even though you're the one using the text of the setting to make the ethics of your character. And I didn't even necessarily know that this was going to be the thing <laughs> that that um, that set some folks at the table off. It did turn out that they like were actually cursed, right? Well, that was that was an unfortunate turn of events <laughs> for those players because I don't think that they knew that it was the DM's plan uh, that they actually would be canonically cursed tieflings. I think these players they wanted to play tieflings because of the aesthetics of tieflings, not necessarily because of the traditional heritage that tieflings have in Dungeons and Dragons. That's super interesting. That not only you, but also your DM is needing to navigate these waters, that the, the ethical sensibilities of the game, that you know a tiefling is somebody that gets cursed, which might be seen as a negative for an entire race of people. Like Maybe we just want to shy away from that as players in a modern world. And having those conversations, understanding this concept of presentism, I think is really helpful for nipping these problems in the bud and making the campaign better for it. Or alternatively, we can recognize that it is our modern day sensibilities or moral sensibilities that is making us feel uncomfortable. And Dungeons and Dragons is a creative endeavor where we're creating a world that has conflict in it. It would be very boring to play Dungeons and Dragons in a world where nothing bad ever happens, where everybody has total empathy for one another, and there's never any misunderstandings that cause people to dislike each other. So we are choosing what conflicts we want to exist in our Dungeons and Dragons, and to do that, we do need to deliberately uh, suspend our presentism in some places. And it turns out that this was actually a really useful place for us as a group to decide to do that. The resulting conversation after that session of Dungeons and Dragons was, it, it was intense. It was high energy. We were talking, we were, we were debating uh, what tieflings were going to be in this world of Dungeons and Dragons going forward. And eventually, we did come to an understanding or a collaboration as a group that it was more interesting for my character to retain this kind of perspective on tieflings in general, that, that it would lead to more interesting characterization and an interesting tension and drama within the group. But it took us an entire conversation to get to that creative decision. This sounds to me like a consequence of something you were telling me about before the show, right? That if you are able to describe the bias that you're seeing towards a modern day sensibility, this unconscious bias, that it allows you to examine it and really ask yourself the question, is this going to be fun for me to play in the way that is different from my own sensibilities? Am I going to enjoy this character arc playing with somebody who may have a distrust of me in this scenario? And is it something that I'm comfortable with? 
I think I just want to clarify really quickly. My, my character is not mean to their characters at all. Right. I think in the case of this fantasy setting, what you have is a creature that is somewhat honor bound to fight against fiends. And then you have this other creature that you're going to play who has some relationship to fiends in your history and bloodline. I think coming to the conclusion that you don't want this in your game and you don't want to play here makes perfect sense to me. I think the goal of moving Dungeons and Dragons away from stereotypes based on race like you have with Legolas and Gimli is I think the right thing to do. But understanding our world, we don't have fiends and infernal bloodlines. So I think that this case falls somewhere in the middle and I think leans more towards a scenario where clearly these people are decided they're going to have fun with this new framework. They get to create these character arcs that I think are going to be really fun and interesting. Exactly. The definition of presentism is uncritical adherence to present day attitudes not adherence to present-day attitudes. You can still totally adhere to present-day attitudes, but to do so uh, without realizing that it's what you're doing, to do so uncritically, I think is limiting. It limits the different types of interesting stories you're able to deliberately engage with when you don't realize that perhaps you're shutting down an idea that makes you uncomfortable because of your natural usage of modern day morality and sensibilities as opposed to deciding not to engage with it because it is taking you away from an, an escapist experience. You want to experience escapism. Uh, you don't want slavery in your game because it reminds you of the real world and you're playing Dungeons and Dragons to escape into a fantasy story of your own creation for a little bit. That is a totally valid reason uh, to, to not want that in your game, but to do so blindly, to let uh, kind of your, your feelings make the decision for you as opposed to making the creative decision not to, uh, the deliberate decision not to, I think could first of all, lead to conflict at the table when everybody's not on the same page, but also potentially limit the sophistication of the story that is unfolding at your table of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think just to like, maybe be extra clear here, like, I think maybe I wouldn't want to play in a game where I knew that there was another character that might have a problem with me based on the, the type of character that I chose to play. I think that makes a lot of sense in, in many directions. And and having a, a critical lens that you're looking at these problems through is really important. And like with almost everything in D&D, having a bias towards open communication, I think, is only going to make your experiences better. I think having this somewhat more critical lens also allows you to use presentism in the really interesting ways that authors like Brandon Sanderson do. When I'm playing D&D, sometimes I do want to drop in the opportunity for my characters to use their knowledge of today's ethics to become superheroes and to really steal the show. I was describing to Ray a scenario where I gave the players the opportunity to dethrone a tyrant of a king. And in this case, the NPC that was working with the party offered a different, better ruler as an alternative. And what I was doing there was dropping a moment in time where the players could say, oh no, why would we replace one king with another? Maybe we can replace the king with a representative council that is for the people, by the people. I thought this was a really cool moment where the players got to toy with this idea, 
In my case, the players considered this option and talked it through with other NPCs and got to use their knowledge of modern day ethics to sound like Renaissance heroes who were introducing a new and better system to the world that they were in. And I thought that was a really cool moment. I think that this example is really interesting because it's a dungeon master opportunity to engage in kind of like an anti-presentism. So I think as dungeon masters, we can be very protective of our worlds, of the tone of our world, of the feeling of realism in our worlds. And I think that as a dungeon master, you might feel an impulse here to say, slow down for a second. Like, your characters really want to institute a democracy? Where did you get that idea? Like, which philosophical mavericks have you been reading the texts of <laughs> in this fantasy world to even conceive of, uh, like, this type of rulership? Like, you, there's an impulse there to, to do that, to say no, uh, because it isn't realistic to, um, like, a medieval European setting. But... Dungeons and Dragons isn't that. Sure, it takes a lot of inspiration from, from that world, but this is a really cool opportunity to lean into the idea that this is a fantasy world. This is a fantastical story that's unfolding at the table. It doesn't have to be authentic to medieval Europe. It can mix in these modern-day sensibilities uh, readily if it creates a more compelling a more interesting story at the table. I think there are so many ways that you can do this and engage your players based on their own ethics and do this anti-presentism thing. I think one of the major fantasies that you can fulfill in Dungeons and Dragons is being somebody who has the power to stand up for the powerless. And if you see somebody that is wrongfully imprisoned or you see somebody that is being treated poorly by the nobility, you have this sensibility from your modern ethics that you should help those people, and you have a lot of possible solutions that you could introduce. I think introducing these scenarios to your players, an, a scenario where somebody is unfairly jailed and your players can break them out, for instance, is a great way to use your players' modern sensibilities to make them feel like heroes in an unmodern world. Absolutely. So in summary, there is nothing wrong with using your modern day moral sensibilities uh, to, to help you roleplay your characters when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. But we argue <laughs> that being aware of this concept of presentism and being aware uh, when you are feeling uncomfortable at the table because of this idea and deliberately making decisions about where to and where not to apply those modern day moral sensibilities will make you better prepared to collaborate with the people at your table to have more creative outcomes and a more creative story unfold at your table instead of instead of a two hour argument that totally derails your campaign and maybe ends it altogether which totally happened uh, to a campaign that Ariel and I were a part of. We had a, a moral disagreement. M me as a player and another player could not agree on the next action that our party would take uh, for, for morality reasons. And we ended up not not playing another session of Dungeons & Dragons together. So, Yeah, that was a major lesson in the... Uh 
choosing who you play with can be just as important as having good players. Absolutely. Until next time, I'm Raymond O'Connor. And I'm Ariel Rasco. And thanks for listening to Running Off the Rails. If you enjoyed Running Off the Rails, please like, follow, and review our show on your platform of choice. Please follow our Instagram, Running Off the Rails, for notifications whenever we release a blog post, a new episode, or new content on the DMs Guild. If you prefer a specific type of content, please send us a message on Instagram. The jam you are listening to is Hoist by Andy G. Cohen, and you can find Hoist and more of Cohen's music on the Free Music Archive. You can find links to all of our content at runningofftherails.com or on our Facebook page, Running Off the Rails. Thank you.